Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D here. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. We're honored today to have Coach Brian McDermott out of Southern Oregon University. Coach Mack, entering his 24th year at Southern Oregon, has delivered the most successful era in Southern Oregon basketball history. This Iowa native has almost 400 wins at Southern Oregon and just under 500 as a head coach. Coach Mack is the winningest coach in Southern Oregon history and the seventh winningest coach in the NAIA. He's led the Raiders to six national tournaments, reaching the quarterfinals twice. In the tradition of the NAI, Coach Mack's players excel in the classroom with some of the top GPAs over the last five years. Prior to Southern Oregon, Coach Mack spent 10 years as head coach at Dakota State, taking the Madison, South Dakota school to the 1992 Final Four. An alum of the University of South Dakota, Coach Mack led the team in assists and had a record-setting 21 assists against Mankato State as a junior. Coach Mack, it is great to have you. Hey, thanks so much for inviting me. This, sh- this should be a lot of fun. So, Coach, people across the country aren't, aren't aware of, uh, I'm sure they aren't aware of the Oregon Tech-Southern Oregon rivalry. And the two schools in a bus are about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes apart, which in the Cascade Conference is the equivalent to your roofmate in a condominium complex. Most of the road trips are over five hours one way. So it's just made for a great rivalry. It's a, been a long rivalry. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what that's meant for both schools, that rivalry? First off, I think rivalries are, are one of the best things about college athletics. And if you're in a, in a position or at a school where you're fortunate enough to have one, it just, it just makes it, the total experience so much better. As a, both as an athlete and as a, as a coach, I've been really fortunate uh, to have just great rivalries. We, we had, when I was at the University of South Dakota, our big rival was South Dakota State, and it was just wild and madness every time we played. And then when I got to Dakota State, we had Dakota Wesleyan was a huge rivalry. I know you talked with Coach Wilbur from Dakota Wesleyan, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he talked about his, you know, what su- kind of support they get, that average like 23, 2400 people at a game. We used to get that, you know, three, four times a year for our games with them, and it, it was just wonderful. Then I move out here, and I get, we get the the Oregon Tech and the uh, Southern Oregon one, and it's is it, every bit as wild and and fun as the uh, the previous ones that I just mentioned. Uh, I, I it's something that we you know we mark the calendars every year because you just know it's going to be a great experience, and it, and, pro, and and the the most fun part is that it's it's good for the players. They they love it. I can't imagine having a season without having a rival like that. Uh, it, it just it would it would lessen the the, the season. I think um, we we really enjoy it. Now there's there's times that when you when you're not very successful in that rivalry that maybe you don't enjoy it as much. But but it's a it's just a lot of fun while it's going on. So coach, correct me if I'm wrong. Watching you on the bench through the years during these uh, rivalry games, it appears that you enjoy it. I. I it took me a while to come to that. <laughs> well, even Sometimes if even would... if the fans are on you a bit, uh, just a bit maybe. But even if the fans <laughs> are on you, you you seem to just enjoy that that environment. You know, it's like, like I said, it's the best one of the best parts about athletics. You know, you, when you're competing against somebody that that you know that people care about. You know, and that's the that's what makes rivalries. There's so many people that care about it. And uh, and when you're a part of that, it's just it, God, it's just so much fun. Like I said before, I I can't imagine not having having the fun of that. I, I just I can't imagine that. I, that's it's it's what makes these kind of jobs very special. 
Well, you're certainly right. It's a day where all the fans of both schools mark those dates. Uh, Coach, let's talk a little bit about the last season. You had okay. you went uh, 21 and 11. You had a good season, nine and nine in conference. Uh, you started the season. You had a great preseason. You had that rough weekend at College Idaho and Eastern. It's a rough trip for almost everybody. And then you seemed to get back on track. You had a four-game winning streak. And then in early January, you dropped three home games to uh, Northwest, Corbin, and uh, Oregon Tech. Could you just talk just a little bit about last season, some of the ups and downs? There's a couple things about that. You know, quite often in our, in this, in our league and in a lot of leagues, there's not a big difference sometimes between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. And and so it, what can look like a, a team having an, an average year, may have, they actually may have been pretty good and, and played pretty well, but they didn't finish some things. We kind of felt with us last year, we struggled shooting the ball. We struggled shooting the ball from three, and that, that has not been uh, an, a worry for us lately. In the last seven, eight years, we've been one of the top teams uh, in the league and, and around the country in terms of field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage. And for some reason, we, we, we just uh, we did not shoot the ball. And, and, and not only did we not shoot it well, we, we shot it at a historically low rate. Um, you know, we're, we're used to being in the top three and shooting from, from the three point line. And last year we were the worst in the league by three percentage points. So it, it was, you know, and for us to stay in as many games as we did and for us to win 21 games and not shoot the ball. Well, um, it, it's actually kind of an encouraging thing because I, I, I think it's a one off. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen to us again because I, I believe in our guys as shooters. We got into that rut, and, and we really didn't come out of it until the end of the end of the season when we made a little run in the in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, it's a shoot. It, it's a simple game. A lot of times, it, sometimes you play well and don't shoot well, and it means you don't win. Sometimes you can shoot well and not play well. You know, and, and we felt like for the most part we were playing well last year. So, and particularly with you know we started two freshmen and. So you can have a little bit of up and down with that. We're excited about going into into this year based on what happened last year. Oh, absolutely. You should be. And after the break, we're going to talk about this year's Southern Oregon Raiders. Uh, last year or this year, you've graduated uh, from that team, Tristan Holmes out of Medford, six foot two guard out of Medford. Uh, just a great player, over 16 points, six rebounds, 111 assists. Uh, talk about what he meant to your program. Tristan, number one, he's just, salt of the earth he's a, he's a great kid and he comes from a great family and and he's just one of the smartest players and, and one of the smartest guys that i've ever uh, had the opportunity to coach he he was a you know you could talk to him about anything he, he had great input all the time uh and and he was a tremendous athlete as well he he wasn't what you would you know he was our point guard and he wasn't a classic point guard but he he allowed us to do some different things just because of his strength and uh, you know, he scored a bunch inside for us, and 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 actually became a pretty good shooter. I think it was in his uh, junior year or sophomore year, one of those years he shot 47% from three, and the following year he shot 40. Mm. And then last year, and this is one of our problems last year, Tristan, as good as he played all year, he was in the teens. You know, he was right around 15% most of the year. Uh, from three and he got it going at the end of the year and, and it, it coincided with us being a better team so it you know he was one of the people that the the, the three-point thing kind of bit a little bit last year so but he was he was fun to have and he, you know he's up at uh, uh, Oregon Health Sciences now he's going to be a dentist you know he, he's always known what he wanted he was very goal-driven 
uh, and knew what he wanted to do, and, and he's going to do it. So he's going to have even more success uh, after college than he had in college. It's very satisfying to graduate that kind of kid, I bet. He's, uh, he seemed like a, a great young man, a, a great student athlete, and we certainly wish him luck in the future. You also graduated Tulio Rourke. He played over four, just over 14 minutes a game for you. He was a 6'1 guard out of Hoopa, California. Yeah, Tule, kind of a nice story. You know, Tule didn't play much for us his junior year and really didn't play much for us last year until about halfway through. And, and he sort of, you know, he stuck with it and just kept working every day in practice. And, and eventually he made his way into, you know, playing pretty well for us. You know, I, I think he probably in the last 10 games when he really got his opportunity he was probably averaging about 20 minutes a game. So, yeah, I was really happy to see see that happen for people that maybe didn't start out the way they'd hoped and but they stay with it and and he he stayed with it and and i think it it uh he really enjoyed the last part of that year and and he was a great teammate through the whole thing you could he didn't change from when he was not playing any at all and then when he was playing 20 he was the same kid so we really enjoyed him and, and he's even around now he uh, in the off season he kind of kicks our guys butts and one-on-one so uh, he's a good kid, so we're, we're we're glad that he was able to finish his career the way he did. Could you talk a little bit about when you build a team, what are the personality, what's the traits, what do you want people to think about when they think of Southern Oregon basketball? Well, we actually we actually have that in our in our handbook um, that, that our players all get at the start, and we talk about a lot. Um, you know, and one of the questions we ask them, we tell them when, when someone walks into our gym and looks at us, what do you want them to see? And and for us, probably the number one trait is we want them to see people that are unselfish. That, that's kind of our biggest one. We want to be unselfish, and we want to be a team that's not going to get out work. So those things are th- those things are constants for us. My own personal philosophy has changed a little bit over the years. I, I, you can probably remember back in the day, early in the rivalry. With OIT, we'd have some games that were in the 50s and 60s. Uh, we were a very much defensive-driven team. About eight or nine years ago, we changed our recruiting uh, a little bit, and we decided that we weren't going to recruit anybody that couldn't shoot. And so that's that's got. And we had two things: we we weren't going to recruit somebody that couldn't shoot, and we wanted to get kids that were. Our our goal was to get kids that have a 3.5 GPA or higher in high school. And we recruit mostly high school kids so that we're, we can develop people throughout the four years. So I, I'd say now that, you know, it's someone that can shoot, that's an unselfish person, and they're going to have a, a good work ethic, and they're going to bring it every day. Yeah, Coach, you see that so much now across the NAI. Three-point shooting is such a key part. It seems like a kid has to be able to shoot the three-pointer to be able to play today. Yeah, you really do. I mean, it's unless he's got some really special qualities about them in other areas but it, it does allow you to do certain things defensively when teams uh, play people that can't shoot uh, and it makes it a little bit harder harder on the teams you know it, with us what we because of what we do we run a, a five out motion that having everybody be able to shoot and sometimes our our uh, post people are our best shooters it allows somebody like a Tristan Holmes uh, to go down in the post you know he's our point guard but he probably had more post catches than any of our guys did uh, and that's due due to the fact that people have to cover you from behind the arc. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the way the game is trending. Coach, you're you're a young man playing playing basketball at University of South Dakota. Obviously, a heck of a ball player there, and you end up being one of the winningest coaches in the NAI. Tell us about that journey. Like most things in life, they don't it doesn't quite go the 
the straight route that you thought it might. I knew that when I came out of college, I knew I just I wanted to coach in college, and and I and like every other young guy at that time, you're all thinking about you know you're going to go Division One, you're going to do this and that. I, so I ended up I started out at the University of South Dakota as an assistant for five years, and and then I got the job at Dakota State. And there came a point in in my career where I, we had to make a choice. I was, are we gonna? Am I gonna try to get to that Division One level and chase that dream, or are we gonna find a place where we want to live and raise our family? And when we found Ashland, that answered that question. Uh, it was a it was a place that you know we had young kids when we got here, and it was a place that we felt very good about raising our kids and. And at that point, I decided, you know, I'm I'm good with you know, people are people, no matter what level you're at. I'm going to get to coach good good kids, and and my own kids are going to get to grow up in an environment that we want. So um, that's that's kind of what you know. That's why I'm going into my 24th year here. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that that the folks around here have been able to put up with me for that long. So hopefully they can uh, they can do it for a few more years. And, Coach, you've had a heck of a career there at Southern Oregon, and it's still going strong. And we're going to talk about that 2019-2020 Raider basketball team in just a moment when we come back. All right. Cascade Hoops Talk. Billy D, join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Welcome back, Coach McDermott. Hey, thanks for having me. That first half was fun. This season's version of Southern Oregon basketball, you've got some great returners. Uh, let's start with Jordan Hunt. He's a 6'9 forward out of Lower Hutt, New Zealand. Over 13.7 rebounds, and he shot 54% from the field. Let's team him with Tate Hoffman, a 6'7 forward out of West Lynn, Oregon. 10.6 rebounds and 35 threes. It's quite a pair of seniors, Coach. Yeah, you know, it's it's and we're, we're finally to that point where we've got a great deal of experience, and, and of course those two are leading the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about about them. You know, as, as much as you want people to be, you know, players to uh, to get to fulfill their potential early on in their career, sometimes it's just more of a steady rise. And I think that's what we're going to see with Jordan Hunt. Uh, you know, he's he, every. We always talk about it. You know, sometimes we get uh, as coaches, we're we're looking at him and we don't think things are going as well as they should for somebody. And then you look at the end of the night, and he's got 13 points. He shot 60% and blocked a couple shots, and you know, and that's kind of what what Jordan does. You know, it, it, you always are wanting more from him, but what he gives you is pretty dang good. And uh, we we feel like going into this year, he's got a chance to be the best big guy in the in the league. Um, he's very efficient. Uh, he's he's uh, he's gotten better at the defensive end. He's a good shot blocker. Um, and he's uh, he's gotten stronger. I think that's that might be the big key for him. He's just as strong as he's ever been right now, and uh, he's been pretty healthy in the in the early going here. So we're really excited about him, and and you know because he's a big that can score with his back to the basket, and he's a guy that can catch outside and shoot the three. So very excited about him. Uh, Tate is uh, you know they're, they're in some ways they're they're a lot alike. They both can go inside and out. I think Tate's a better you know, face up uh, kind of guy and shooting it from out there, uh, but he's also a very, very good rebounder. Uh, so w- we kind of think, you know, things start inside. You got to be able to do some things in there to to open up the outside, and hopefully those two guys lead the way for us. And you have a pair of sophomores that both contributed greatly to your program last year: Taryn Bradford out of Oregon City, ten and a half points, seventy four assists, 
shot 84% from the free throw line. He was in the backcourt with Tez Allen out of Carson City, Nevada. Six points, four and a half rebounds, and 97 assists. Great production out of those freshmen last year, and they're back as sophomores. Yeah, and that's you know what they always say. Everyone's really happy when a freshman turns into a sophomore. So um, hopefully, I think I, I can see it already. They're both quite a bit improved over last year, too. Uh, so that that's an exciting an exciting pair to have uh, for the next three years. You know, one of the one of the kind of crazy things there with uh, uh, with Taron, you know, that 84% free throw shooting. Uh, it, he was in the top 15 in the league, and as a freshman, in that top 15, he took more free throws than anybody. Uh, you know, that just doesn't happen very often when when a freshman when officials are going to give a freshman a call now and again, but just it speaks to his ability to get to the rim and 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 play inside when he needs to and and get out in transition. So um, I think one thing about Karen that I, I it looks like it's improved. You know, you won't find out till you get to the games. Um, his his three pointer it was a little streaky last year. Uh, we think that. You know, we think that he'll have a, a fairly big rise in shooting percentage from three. And, boy, if that does happen, it's going to be hard to keep him from the front of the rim because if you got to, if you got to run at him out there, he's so quick. Um, I, I, think he, I think it's going to be not much fun for people to guard. Um, Tez is, uh, you know, people saw him last year, hardly anybody thought that he could possibly be a freshman with a body like that. He's a big, strong guy, uh, and he's gotten bigger and stronger. Uh, he's another guy that he's, he's just lived in the gym in the off season and, and he's shooting the ball. So, and last year, I think he shot 40% from three, uh, in the league, uh, for us. Uh, and we feel like he'll do even better than that this year. And, and Tez is a, Tez is the guy that we can play anywhere. You know, last year he started the year playing the point for us, played a lot of two and three. And at times last year at the end, he was playing the four, um, so, you know, a lot of versatility there. So that gives you a lot of versatility at the defensive end as, as well. So uh, very, very excited about those two young men. And then you have a good trio of seniors to uh, team up with them, and they all played more than 10 minutes a game last year. Aaron Borich out of Sydney, Australia, Connor Carroll from right there in Medford, and uh, Kai Benson out of Monmouth, Oregon. Yeah, we we like that. You know, that gives us a bunch of seniors, so we're 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 excited. Seniors are supposed to lead the way. Aaron Borich is is probably going to start for us at the point. You know, so he's kind of, you know, he had to sit behind uh, Tristan for a number of years, uh, and he's finally going to get his chance to uh, in, in a bigger way. He played a bunch for us last year in the in the last third of the season, but we we feel like he's continued to, you know, once we turned over the point guard position to him he's he's made a pretty big jump um we're, we're excited about it he's a, a very very good offensive player um he can get to the rim he pushes tempo he can shoot the three um and he's and he's a pretty good leader uh you know for someone that has not had that that job necessarily for his first three years he sure stepped into it right now and he's doing a really nice job with that um Connor is uh, someone that's been sort of, sort of in and out for us for for his three years. Uh, he's he's always in based on his ability to shoot it. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that can that can put up ten points in a in a big big hurry. Uh, his his thing that we've had him working at the most is he, he had to get a little bit better defensively. And uh, one way to get better defensively is he's gotten stronger. 
and the stronger he is, the more physical he can play. And uh, so far in the first, you know, we've only had seven or eight practices, and in those it sure looks like he's made a step. So uh, we're hopeful that we can keep him on the floor longer because he's so good offensively. Um, we're hoping that his defense is kind of catching up. So, um, and Kai is kind of the the same same dude uh, as Connor is. They both have great shooting range. With Kai, it was he's definitely our our zone buster. He gets more minutes when we play against zones, um, and he, he's not going to be as strong as as uh, Connor. Uh, but but Kai's his his efforts gotten better defensively, and again. If those two guys can get it done for us a little bit at the defensive end, then then they become a little bit of a nightmare offensively for people because they've got such great range, and just even if they're not scoring, it's spreading the court for us and, and helping other people score. So uh, nice, to, it's a nice senior class, and we're gonna hopefully we're gonna ride that class. And then to shore that group up even more, you've went out to Santa Rosa Community College and you got Jason McMillan. Yeah, we're we're excited about Jason, and I. And I you know, I, I I think people probably won't, you know, the, the casual fan may not notice a bunch because he's not going to put up gaudy numbers, but he's a he's really, really strong, very solid. He's, you know, he's six 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 seven. He can guard the post. He's got very good feet. He can guard on the perimeter. He shoots it well enough to stretch the floor. Comes from good stock. His coach at, at uh, Santa Rosa was his father, uh, Craig, and Craig played with Steve Kerr down in Arizona, and they uh, played there for four years. And is a very good, very good basketball player, and he's an he's an excellent coach. And his son uh, is a smart basketball player, and hopefully that that you know you you see that a lot from coaches' kids, uh, and that's what hopefully we're going to get with Jason. You know, because he's our only new guy. Uh, it'll take him a little longer to, to get the system down, but I think once he gets it down, he's going to give us tremendous depth inside. Well, Coach, we know you're going to put a team on the floor that shares the ball and defends the ball. Last year you were ninth in the nation in assists per game and also ninth in the nation in field goal percentage at 40, 41%. So we know your team will have those two traits. Yeah, I, you know, I think we, we think we will too. And I, I, I was just going to say one of the amazing numbers there that to be nice in the in the country and assist and have a team that didn't shoot it as well as it could, I think it's kind of a big deal. You know, we shot it so poorly from three. If we did, like I tell people around here, if we would have just been just been crappy instead of extremely crappy from the three, we'd have really been good. <laughs> you know, that shooting is is uh, infectious both ways. Yeah. Coach, you've off air. You and I talked about your your schedule. You you have always had a tough preseason schedule, but this year I think you've outdone yourself. You've really you've really you've really got them loaded up there. We open up with uh, Montana Tech and Carroll, and Carroll I believe played in the national championship game last year uh, for NAIA Division One. Uh, we go down to uh, uh, Southern California to play. Uh, Hope International and Vanguard, and those are always two two of the best down in that league. We're going out to Omaha, or we're going to play Morningside and and Midland uh, University, and that's you know obviously Morningside. They win 29 games last year and return all but a couple guys. And we're playing Antelope Valley over at uh, over at your place. Um, yeah, it's a, and Merced who returns a, a good group of guys from a team that maybe underperformed a little bit last year. Uh, I think they had higher hopes given the start that they had, but they're going to be, and they're, they're really difficult to play. So, yeah, I, I've always thought, I know we're always supposed to be thinking about getting to the national tournament and all that stuff, but I, 
I, I just feel like if you're a college athlete, every night you go out there, you should want to have to compete and you should have to play well to win. I, I've never liked a soft schedule and we've just not done it. Now, it, sometimes it hurts your overall win total, but I think the kids have more fun when they know every night they go out there, they're going to have to do their best to be able to stay in a game and win a game. Well, you'll certainly know a lot about your team once the preseason is over. That trip out to the yeah, G-Pack is sure. going to be tough, huh? Midland and Morningside. Uh, we'll be yeah. we'll be seeing we'll 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 be watching that. I think I think if I ever have a team that should be ready for something like that, you know, we have those five six seniors sitting out there that they should be ready to compete. And I know it's it's tough to go on the road that much. You know, that's kind of been something we've had to do. Like you know, last year, you know, we had the 21 wins last year, but we only had 11 home games. That's a lot of wins for a team that only had 11 home games. And we're going to be like that this year too. We've only, this year we've only got the one non-league home game, so it, it's. Um, It'll be a challenge, but that's what this is supposed to be all about. It's not It's not supposed to be easy, and you're supposed to have fun competing at the highest level. So, Coach Mack, you've had a, a long, distinguished career. What is still on your to-do list as a coach? Well, you know, everyone wants to win a national championship and at least give yourself a chance to. And, I, you know, winning one and get, giving yourself a chance kind of two different things. That, you know, we want to get to the national tournament, and we feel like, Anytime that you get to the national tournament coming out of our league, you have a chance. And you know, last year, obviously with OIT and and uh, C of I getting as deep as they did, uh, you know they both had chances to win that thing. We felt like you know we you know, we beat C of I by 16 last year in the end of the, near the end of the season. You know, and we had two great games with OIT that we felt like we had a chance to win both of those. So I I didn't feel like we were very far away from from where those two got those two teams got. And so that that's what we wanted to do. You know, we want to give ourselves a chance each year, um, and and that's and hopefully we can do that this year. Outside of that, I just you know it's the same kind of deal. We we want to get the right kind of people in our program, and we want them to have a good experience, and hopefully set them up to having better experiences when they leave here. I, I think we've just had we had a great run here in the last ten years of people graduating and people graduating high in their with high GPAs and and going out and getting good jobs, and that's you know those are the kinds of things. Uh, that make you happy and proud of your program. We've been able to, over the last few years, been able to uh, get a little bit better outreach with all of our alums. I want to continue that and, uh, so that we can you know, and, and relive some of the old times but, but see how things are going. As, as a bunch of my players now are, you know, their parents, they're, they're now, they've got kids, and you know, I've even coached a couple of players' kids now, and, you know, so I, I guess I'm getting old too. So uh, I guess we want to just, just uh, keep competing and give ourselves a chance. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, that's Coach Brian McDermott, Southern Oregon University. Coach, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. This has been fun. I, I, it's a kind of a unique project you got going on there. It's great to see uh, to see somebody covering NAI basketball because it's sort of a uh, undiscovered jewel. Well, I totally agree. That's why I do it every day. Thank you very much, yeah. Coach. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks.